Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Security Leaders, the podcast where we speak to security managers, chief security officers, specialists, and professionals from across the security spectrum. My name is Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. My guest this week is Ken Doig, vice president of security for a federally licensed cannabis producer, CanTrust. I recently spoke with Ken about his career in policing and professional security, his senior security roles in property management and renewable energy, and his transition to the cannabis field through retailer Fire and Flower and his current position with CanTrust. We also spoke about the value of cooperation and sharing best practices between security professionals, as well as some possible solutions to help address the current cybersecurity skills shortage. Before my conversation with Ken, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Commissioners. The security is quite advanced, and so it's, it's you know, to comply with Health Canada requirements, they, they have to meet all these, and Health Canada can can show up at any time and inspect to ensure that they are meeting their requirements. All employees have to be fingerprinted, so there's a criminal background check done. The the people, the, the grow rooms and the cutting trim rooms, what they call the trimming rooms, and the extraction rooms, they write herd quite quite significantly on the uh, on the staff in there. My name is Peter Brennan. I'm the district manager for the Commissioner's Office in Brockville. For more information, go to commissioners.ca. Thank you, Commissioners, for your support of this podcast. Here's my conversation with Ken. Can you tell us a bit about uh, your background and how you became a, a security professional? Yes, uh, thank you, Neil, and I uh, appreciate you having me on the podcast today. Um, believe it or not, my uh, my security professional and my, my experience in the security industry goes, uh, believe it or not, back all the way back to being in public school. I won't tell a, too long a story, but uh, started out as uh, the captain of our safety patrol uh, in public school when I was in grade five or six, uh, making sure people were crossing the street uh, street quad crosswalks uh, safely Um, and uh, that kind of started a journey into really wanting to get into law enforcement uh, and be a police officer and as I kind of matured and uh, was working through school uh, became a security guard back uh, when Intertech was a security guard company and at the young age of about 17 I was a security guard for a little while at the Royal Winter Fair for Intertech uh, just on a special assignment and uh, again just uh, realized that I was really being drawn to to that industry uh, really around public safety and 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 security that uh, then evolved into uh, a about a 17 year policing career with uh, both the Toronto Police and York Regional Police where I had really amazing opportunities to do some very specialized things, everything from uh, labor relations to the public order unit to search and rescue and marine unit. Uh, you know, there's quite a quite a right, wide variety of, of varying assignments. And um, when I when I wrapped up my time uh, in policing, um, I, I went into the private sector consulting on uh, doing emergency planning and uh, emergency response plans and training for firms such as law firms and other professional services firms, uh, many of them occupying the, um, the high-rise buildings in Toronto. Um, that then morphed into actually teaching at George Brown College for a little while uh, there at their School of Emergency Management and um, then ended up as the Vice President of National Security for Brookfield Properties with their entire uh, uh, Canadian uh, portfolio of office properties, uh, kind of looping back to my consulting days, those folks that were occupying uh, these uh, these high rises that I was doing emergency plans for, uh, was now running the security for um, for all of the for several million square feet of uh, uh, AAA uh, commercial real estate real estate space in the country. That then 
I guess I would say I got uh, poached or headhunted uh, by the, uh, the president and CEO of Brookfield Renewable Energy, uh, Richard Legault, um, who brought me into that part of Brookfield uh, asset management as the uh, global chief security officer uh, with responsibilities for between two and 300 power generating facilities around the world. And just had, again, incredible opportunities and mentors uh, in the business world and then also in the security environment uh, where I became involved in many professional groups and associations such as the conference boards, Council for Security Executives and um, and working in uh, in the downtown core with the commercial real estate financial district security group and, and others. So it has been, it's been quite a, an interesting path and journey uh, as a security professional, uh, one that I have and continue to enjoy immensely that, that then morphed into um, going into a, a, another whole new sector of, uh, of corporate security, which uh, we can, we can chat about. Sure. Let's, uh, let's chat a bit about that. How did you get involved in the, in the cannabis industry? It's obviously still a, a fairly new industry, particularly in terms of the legal recreational side. But can you tell us a bit about how you morphed into or how you transitioned to that aspect of security? I had left uh, Brookfield uh, and uh, had started my uh, own security consulting firm where I was doing a lot of uh, global due diligence exercises for private equity firms and uh, really embracing uh, ESRM, uh, Enterprise Security Risk Management Principles. And um, while I was doing that work, kind of out of the blue, I got a call from uh, a friend and colleague, uh, Norm Inkster, who was the, is the former uh, commissioner of the RCMP and president of Interpol. And Norm uh, said to me, he was on the board of a startup company called Fire and Flower, which we have now all come to know as the, really the country's leading cannabis retailer. Uh, strictly a pure play retailer in cannabis. And uh, he said, uh, we need somebody to build a security program and asked if I would do that. So I kind of had to sleep on that after so many years in policing and and enforcing the rule of law uh, that was in play at the time. Um, so obviously uh, just an interesting um, turn of events to then be asked to to come in to secure that industry. And I thought, um, what, a, what a great opportunity uh, on a brand new industry that was about to go legal. So this was well before the legalization date uh, of, uh, of October 17th. I called him back and said, I'll do it. And, um, and, and interestingly enough, having, having built brand new programs for Brookfield uh, properties and the renewable energy uh, sector, uh, I kind of was getting a little tired of building new programs. And they, I guess it falls into the uh, never say never again, because uh, I had said that I didn't want to build another program again. But uh, there I was uh, at the very forefront of not just a, a new security program, but a brand new industry. And, um, you know, that, that, that worked out very, very well, I think, for everyone involved. I'm very proud of the work that, that uh, I did and we did uh, together at Fire and Flower um, and really bringing in great partners such as uh, Johnson Controls and others to, to really assess what the uh, federal and provincial uh, regulations were with respect to securing uh, on, on the rec side uh, recreational cannabis in, in the retail sector. And uh, that program is uh, is, is uh, well uh, established and, and running well. So it was a real honor to have spent um, the better part of two years uh, working with Fire and Flower, uh, both in a consulting and as a uh, full-time employee as their vice president of security. And uh, once I kind of finished up my work uh, to build that program, 
was then approached uh, by CanTrust, um, which uh, I think many of your uh, listeners will will be familiar with. Uh, really, one of the top uh, licensed uh, producers in Canada cannabis in the country. They had uh, obviously had some some issues that they needed to remediate, uh, having their license suspended, and uh, I was asked to come to CanTrust to remediate and to really recreate a new security culture and um, and remediate any physical security issues that, that had been identified by Health Canada and by the organization. Uh, so I have been uh, in that role since um, August uh, of last year. So coming up to a year with them and uh, happy to say that one license uh, facility in Niagara has uh, had its license reinstated through all of our remediation efforts and not just security, but you know, the organization has, has really matured and uh, become a, a leader again. But very, very proud in the work that we've done with respect to securing these facilities and quite optimistic working with Health Canada that uh, our second facility in Vaughan, where we do our manufacturing, will be uh, re-licensed shortly. Uh, we're very optimistic about that and just waiting to hear back from Health Canada. So quite quite big challenges, but again, not doing any of this uh, you know, in a vacuum, really relying on uh, great partners, as they say, uh, like uh, Johnson Controls um, and, and our other uh, strategic partners, as well as the incredible team that uh, I was empowered to build uh, at CanTrust. And I now have a group of uh, just incredible young uh, professionals, uh, security professionals. Uh, Again, very, very proud of it. And uh, again, very proud of having an opportunity to um, continue my journey of serving and, and public safety doesn't have to be in the policing world, uh, in the corporate security side of things, particularly in cannabis, ensuring that there's no diversion or inversion of cannabis to or from the illicit market is critical to um, to public safety and to eliminating the, Ill- the illegal market in, uh, in this country. Uh, I think it's really critical that we work together to address that, just as the government's mandate was when they, uh, when they did legalize recreational cannabis. So we were discussing, I guess, right before we started recording, that you and I are both sitting at home. Most industries, if not all industries, have had to make some adjustments uh, to business practices as a result of the the COVID-19 pandemic. But can you identify or has anything changed in the legal cannabis market? Well, I think um, there has been some progress uh, on a couple of fronts, uh, something that we discussed at at a roundtable that you held a few months ago, just prior to uh, the the COVID outbreak uh, that I had the pleasure of participating in. And that is that, um, you know, as a a group of security practitioners uh, working with the retailers, for instance, the uh, provincial legislatures, uh, legislative bodies, authorized the removal of window coverings, for instance. They, they initially insisted on covering all windows so you could not see into the stores. Uh, this obviously created a, a safety issue for robberies and, and uh, break and enters and, and so on, and assaults uh, that could go undetected. That work from, from professionals in our industry um, changed legislation and allowed those, those window coverings to be, to be modified or removed altogether. Another, I think what's uh, one of the most significant changes and advances um, in, you know, really since COVID has been 
a greater sense of collaboration amongst the security professionals in the cannabis industry. Uh, I have received a couple of calls even in the last couple of weeks from colleagues uh, in, in other companies, other cannabis companies, just uh, asking to compare notes, uh, things that we all do, have all done in our in our careers in the security industry as professionals uh, and relying on one another, uh, not, not so much for obviously sharing proprietary information, but really critical in ensuring that we have a consistent approach to securing the, uh, the cannabis industry in this country and, uh, and sharing our best practices and really collaborating. And that's something that I've always been proud of with respect to being a security professional in this country is the willingness for uh, our peers to, to share best practices and also uh, relevant intelligence information around potential threats. And uh, I would say that that is coming into its own now in securing cannabis in the industry. Uh, so those are two, uh, I think, really important pieces. The other one is really around also, as you mentioned, the fact that folks are working remotely uh, much more now, and I think that's probably going to continue for quite a long time uh, in some form. So that also then uh, gets us into some cybersecurity threats. And in quite frankly, in, in some cases, it, it, it's suggested that Cybersecurity is almost in a near dire circumstance right now uh, due to the combination of significant skills shortages in, uh, in the corporate security world. Um, you know, those are very specific skill sets in cybersecurity. Uh, and the, the growth in the amount of data uh, really does signal a problem which, which is growing day by day. So obviously with people working more remotely, there are additional uh, cyber threats. What I've been looking at with some peers in the industry is the application of the use of artificial intelligence or AI to provide really um, some great potential to, to help close the gap and to reduce the risk uh, to organizations through more accurate and, I would say, deterministic detection of threats and the subsequent automation of those tasks when dealing with uh, large amounts of data. Uh, this would allow cybersecurity experts to really better scale and handle the shortage of skill sets within the industry. So I think AI and, and cybersecurity is something that not just in the cannabis sector, but right across the um, security profession is something that uh, I think is going to be utilized more and more in the future. Well, thanks, Ken. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So thank you very much for being our guest on Security Leaders, and we wish you all the best for the future. Well, thank you very much. And to, uh, to you and your team uh, and to all of your listeners, uh, thank you for, uh, for listening today, uh, for allowing me to, uh, to chat a little bit with you. And I hope everyone uh, enjoys the rest of their summer and that everyone stays safe and healthy. Thank you to my guest, Ken Doig, and our podcast sponsor, Commissionaires. You can find more security-themed podcasts at canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening.